Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. It's Natalie Jean. It's Natalie Jean. Yes, it's Chatting with Nat. And today we have the honor of having neo-alternative rock artist Alicia Cherie. Electrifying, daring, and hypnotizing are just a few words to describe Los Angeles neo-alternative rock artist Alicia Cherie. Her distinct raspy tone tells a powerful story of pain, desperation, and eventual triumph, a voice previously devastated by vocal trauma that left her entire singing range obliterated. After a 12-year battle to recover her voice and rediscover her confidence, Alicia Cherie emerged from the ashes with her first global release titled Spike. Let's give her a round of applause. Excited to be on your show today. I'm excited to have you. I almost lost it because you know my brain wasn't working for the for one Thursday. It happened. <laughs> um. So how have you been like during this entire uh, crazy pandemic thing? It's 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 not. It is crazy, and it just keeps going like the Energizer Bunny, and I'm like, can we just, like, dead this already? <laughs> I'm over it. I mean, you know, there are days where I wake up, and I'm like, did this really happen? Because this is stuff that you only hear about, like, um, before Christ, after Christ, um, in the 1940s, right. 1950s, stuff like that. So you would never think that something like this could possibly happen. Um, and right. the 20- and so I lay, lay back and say, maybe I need to pinch myself to see if I'm not, if this is not <laughs> a nightmare. Um, uh, so during, during this time, did you do any live streaming? I did, actually. Um, a majority of my performances last year were live stream. Like my last like in-person performance was uh, in March, at least for that year. Right. Um, and then for the rest of the year, I just live streamed on Instagram, on Facebook. They're like, like a whole Halloween show live. Um, right. So, yeah. But, you know, it's just not, it's not the same energy, though. No, it isn't. It, it, it was very interesting for me to do it because I had not done it working with V-Squared Management. And they were just like, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. Let's do some live streaming. Yeah. And, um I basically was like, really? So then when I would do it, you know, you you, you have, there's nights where you have a bunch of people. There's nights there'd be few people. There's nights there might be no one. And you're singing to yourself. But at least you're practicing. Right. Your, because I tend to mishmash all my songs together. Because um, I'm getting older, the brain is, <laughs> oh, when I do a set, I'm, I usually do a three-hour set, and that's like 30 songs. 
But live streaming, well, at least it gives us a different component, a different avenue. You know, something like this were to happen again. I don't know when it's going to end. Um, that we have a different <laughs> avenue for people to still see us. You know what I mean? Because we, in our in exactly. our profession, we have to consistently stay engaged with everybody. You know, we're always on. Right. If it's not Twitter, if it's not TikTok, if it's not Instagram, if it's not Facebook a clubhouse, whatever. We're all over the place and we have to maintain or try to maintain those relationships. But so kudos to having live stream. Exactly. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So I usually like to ask this question of everybody. Um so obviously we know that we were in a we are we are still in a pandemic with all these and variants coming up. Um yeah. you know, it was a year yeah, of a lot of self reflection. I know a lot of people suffer. Oh, yeah. Like, I had colleagues and friends say they're going to cut back on work because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their families. Um, climate change, right. the, animals, the animals and Mother Nature were like, "Oh, we can breathe now. Nobody's in the street." Um, you know, the pandemic—it <laughs> it was good and bad. Obviously, the bad is people got right. sick, uh, people died, a lot of people lost a lot. I mean, there was a lot of loss of life, whether it was pandemic or any. Anything else, there was just a lot of that. But on the flip side, right. uh, there are people that actually quit their jobs because they decided they want to be happy and do what they love rather than, you know, really trying to go for the money, um, which is very yeah. interesting to me. Um, and then we have artists like you and I. You know, there are plenty of artists yeah. that decide, you know, they want to be an effective player. They actually, I know one lady, she said, you know what, I took all my music down. I want to redo my music. I want to rebrand. Um Wow. You know, did you, decide, did you decide that you wanted to change anything? Did you decide you want to be more an effective player? Did you have any thoughts whatsoever on how you want to be perceived as an artist? Huh. Well, um, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I definitely did a lot of self-reflection, um, you know, just on a, on a personal level as well as a professional level. Um, so when I'm not on stage, I am, I'm actually a graphic designer and a web designer. And fortunately for me, like I was already working from home. Um, and interestingly enough, my workload increased during the pandemic, which was totally fine. Yes. I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, being able to still work during the pandemic. But on the music side of things, which is, you know, my passion, uh, mm-hmm. I was definitely struggling because um, my, my goal with music is to connect with people. And I find that I better connect with people in person when I can, you know, hop off and get all in your face <laughs> and, right. you know, sing whatever it is that I'm singing. Um, so I kind of had to figure out, well, since I can't do that, um, and, you know, the, the virtual aspect is well and alive, and, you know, we can do these live shows, just figuring right. out, well, how do you continue to build those connections with people? And so right. I did find that I was making more time to just really chat with people um, on Instagram and on Facebook, you know, do, you know using DMs and, and all of that, right. and just checking in with people and seeing how folks were doing, which I didn't really, you know, I guess, think about as much uh, when I was going off into the world and, and rehearsing on, on a more public stage. 
Uh, right. So I, I definitely had to make some adjustments uh, when it came to connecting with, you know, my, my followers and my fans. And I'm, you know, still doing that, still checking in with people, even though now I am back on the public stage and actually right. getting ready to go on tour. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. But the pandemic definitely taught taught me a lot about relationships and how to not take those relationships for granted. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that we we can get from this whole thing. It's just, I mean, we've got the cray-crays out there. <clears throat> we've seen them. Right. And then, you know what? What's interesting, we had the whole dynamic of the um, we had the Olympics, but we always had the, the elections and everything that happened with George right. Floyd, people coming together. Right. And then we had the Nancy people. I mean, we had a culmination of, of everything. And I believe that, you know, that weight, everything weighed on a lot of people. And then you had people that, you know, they're um, introverts. So I often think yeah. about those people that um, had to deal with the pandemic, even though those people like to be by themselves, sometimes they need people around them. And so, yes. Thinking about those people that didn't have people around them and how they had to cope. I know in the beginning of all of this, I read about this guy in the UK that he he just couldn't deal, so he, he ended up killing himself. But um, which is oh, very there's there's so many di- dimensions to what we've had we have experienced in the past six years. It is just incredible. right. Um, it what is. is it about uh, the music industry? that made you you want to gravitate towards it? Was it something that you saw? Was it something that you heard? What was the moment where you're like, whoa, this is something I need to get into because this is a part of who I am? Right. Uh, so I, I will say I've known since about three years old that mm-hmm. this is what I wanted to do. Um, hearing Whitney Houston time is, is, the, is the reason why I started doing music and why I started singing because there was just something about her voice that really touched me and I still get like the tinglys and the butterflies to this day anytime I hear any of her songs like I just watched you know the bodyguard like a couple weekends ago and that's still like my favorite soundtrack um so yeah like when I heard her voice I was like yeah I think think this is it um, but, you know, as, as a child, you kind of see all the glitz and the glamour um, mm-hmm. that is involved in being in this industry. Yeah. And then as you grow older and you actually experience more um, in the industry, you realize, okay, well, it's, it's kind of an <laughs> ugly side to this, too. <laughs> like, there's a little mini dumpster fire over there in the corner. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. I didn't even sign up for that. <laughs> nope. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Yep, I, can I know you, you understand. So there are days I wake up and I'm just like, do I really want to do this? <laughs> right. Because, right. It's a lot of work. And people just don't understand that as artists, we are the investment. So we have to invest our blood, sweat, and tears into ourselves. And, you know, obviously you should love yourself and all that stuff and, and grand, but the amount of work that goes into it, this is just it's just, it's just crazy, 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 crazy. Now it is crazy. You mentioned Whitney Houston, and <clears throat> I was talking to my mom and my uncle about her the other day because he said my uncle was like, "That's the one person he really misses a lot um, on the music platforms." And 
I said, what, um, what happened to Whitney is very sad. So they tried to create a different Whitney. And obviously the yes. persona that you saw on stage wasn't really, obviously she can sing, but the persona that she created wasn't her. This was a girl that was down home. And, you know, they wanted her to be this elegant and classy type of person. Not that she, she couldn't be, but technically that wasn't her. And I think the weight of that and, and yes. led her to do way more drugs than she wanted to, um, that she should have. Right. And, she and had literally, to cope. Yeah, she had to cope. And, and, and I also have a problem with the fact that they, they tried to blame Bobby Brown so much for so many things. But she was doing drugs well before him. So right. Bobby was doing his thing too, but I, I hate when they do. Oh, really? Whitney? No, that no. Um, right. So, what are your thoughts on you know us as artists? Should we allow people to tra- change who we are, or should should we stay true to who we are as artists? And you know, it's either that they love us or they don't. Exactly. Um, I'm definitely a take it or leave it type of gal. Mm. Uh, I, I've had people ask me the question of, well, if somebody came to you and, you know, offered you a deal, offered you X amount of money, would you change your style of music? Would you change your message? Would you change your look? And the answer for me is always no, and it's always going to be no. Amen. I don't care if I never, ever, ever blow up to be as big as, like, a Beyonce right. um, because I'm not doing what the industry wants me to do. Now, I say that, and I firmly believe that I have everything in me to be a, you know, a headlining act like Beyonce. Right. Um, but my point is that I will never change for anyone. And I think what people tend to forget or misunderstand is that an artist like Mm. the reason that they are an artist and why we call them an artist is because they bring something different to the table they have a completely different perspective on life and the things that are going on around us so why would you want to change that why would you want everyone to sound the same or look the same or you know just have this whole cookie cutter um, you know artist that defeats the purpose of artistry. Amen. Amen. So I love it. If you I don't, if you don't rock what I do, if you don't <laughs> like what I do, then I'm fine with that. Like, and I've had people say that they don't get it, and I'm like, cool. As long as I get it, that's right. <laughs> Amen. I'm fine with that. Amen. You have yes. to love what you do. You have to love what you do. It doesn't matter about anybody. You have to. Amen. It really doesn't. Um, so one of the biggest things that I talk about all the time is authenticity, being authentic, the authentic self, um, which is very important. And, you know, during the pandemic, I always tell people this, I watched a a webinar on TikTok and they were like, oh, you need to do five videos a day, which is crazy because who has that time? But they said that the people, the most popular videos on TikTok are the the ones where people are being authentic. And so... Um, I think because of the past six years and the craziness we've had to dealt, people are craving the real. They're craving the honest. They're mm, craving yes. that they to. They're craving somebody that that gets them, literally, because right. they 
that in their lives. You know, one of the things about the pandemic is that it made you realize, one, you need physical touch. Number two, you need people in your life mm-hmm. because, my yeah. God, you're at home for, and you can't move, you can't do this, you can't do that. It makes you realize a bunch of things of what is important in your, in your life at the time. Um, and often, right. like, I, I've been to several music uh, seminars and webinars as well, and, you know, they're always saying, oh, if you're writing a song for, let's say, Rihanna, don't give her something that she's done, give her something that she hasn't done. Um, right. They always talk sense. about, well, something unique and different, yet when you listen to the radio stations, it all sounds the same to me. Um, and <laughs> But I think what's happening is that independent artists are on the rise. People are, are gravitating more to people that are different than the commercial yeah. norm, the mainstream norm. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on the main, mainstream artists, but after a while, right. you get tired of the redundancy. Like, when Lizzo first came out with um, <clears throat> one of her songs, I know they have to market it to death, but after a while, I couldn't listen right. to it anymore on the radio because they were playing it way mm-hmm. too much. Lizzo would come on, way too much. Turn it, I would turn it off. I'm not listening to the song yeah. anymore. I can't do it. Now, during those times, they could have put an independent artist. It's not going to kill a radio station to play five minutes or, 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 or at least three independent artist songs. It won't, but you know, all of that is pay to play. They rather inundate right. people with the same artist for for years and years to come, rather than introduce people that are actually really doing something. They're really they're writing about the times or they're writing about their experiences that people can exactly. relate. You know, uh, one year was the year where um, Adele beat out Beyonce, and I had to explain to somebody why Mm -hmm. that happened. Beyonce is a great artist. She can perform, but there's a difference between her and Adele. For me, Beyonce sings at you, and Adele sings to you. Like, when when Beyonce Mm -hmm. sings to me, I, I, I don't feel anything. I like her songs. I like her dance songs. And I play them when, right. when I teach spin. But Adele, you can you feel like you could call up Adele, girl. Let me uh, let me tell you, this guy did this to me and that to me, and right. you could relate better to her because she 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 she's real. She's re- I was at the Grammys when she made a mistake, and she's like, "Sorry, guys, this is, I can't do it like this." And it was great. I remember that. <laughs> it was great because she was yeah. normal, <laughs> and you could relate. Right. To- you know what I mean? Um, so yep. it's just crazy. Now, tell me about your 12-year battle to recover your voice. Okay. Yes. Um, so I I suffered a little bit of vocal trauma <laughs> uh, where I, I had to spend a little over a decade kind of rebuilding my range and, and more importantly, uh, rebuilding my confidence. So, you know, like I had mentioned, since three years old, like, this is this is all that I've ever wanted to do. Mm. Um, and so as a child growing up, I did, you know, a lot of competing. I was in um, school talent shows and doing, like, local access TV stuff and, you know, auditioning for American Idol when, when that mm. became a thing. And um, I just knew that I wanted to move to L.A. I'm a I'm, Born, I was born in L.A., but I was raised in Santa Barbara County in Lompoc. Um, but I knew that once I finished school out there, like, I wanted to move to L.A. and really pursue a music career. But I wasn't right. able to do that because I lost my voice. 
So mm. one evening I I got off of work and my mom picked me up from work and I stopped to, you know, grab a turkey burger and some fries. I was starving. And, you know, my my fat self just couldn't wait <laughs> to get home to, you know, when there's better lighting, like I'm in the car, it's dark, and I'm like scarfing down this burger. Um, so by the time I get home, um, I realize I don't feel so well. And mm. so I start vomiting, and that continued for about a solid seven hours um, oh. to where, like, I couldn't keep anything down, like not even water. And you know how, like, like black parents are, like, you know, throw, throw some water and some saltines <laughs> at you and that should settle your stomach, maybe a little ginger right. ale. Um, and so we, we were doing that, and I was just throwing it back up. And <gasps> so, um, you know, I, I kind of expected at least for a couple of days that, you know, my, my throat would feel kind of raw. Right. Um, but I never expected that after that episode – um, I would be diagnosed with GERD, um, which is acid reflux disease. Ah. Um, and then also just um, singing, like my range was gone. And even ah. talking with people, like talking to like my friends, like, you know, we'd, we'd be at lunch or, you know, even in class, I'm a little chatterbox, um, talking. And then all of a sudden, my, my voice is just completely cut out. And that yeah. continued for a period of time. And I was in concert choir. We were getting ready for a competition. Uh, and I just had to lip sync the rest of the year. And so wow. when I finally did move to Southern California, I moved down here to, to go to school at UC Riverside. Um, and I tried to, you know, kind of participate in the different, you know, uh, performing arts opportunities that were out there. Um, right. in Riverside and in LA and I just wasn't like I was really sucking at that time like I've, mm. I've gotten booed off of a couple stages um, I've had people just be completely disrespectful and talk all the way through my performance and That's I remember there was one performance like I literally just I put the mic down and walked off the stage because I was so frustrated with you know, the fact that I was up there really trying and nobody cared. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a long period of time um, where I, I definitely I gave up so many times. I said, you know what, this uh, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Let me find something else to do. Right. And so that's where the photography and graphic design and all of that came in because it was another creative outlet for me. Mm. Um, you know, music always called me home always. So I just, I spent the time and, and, you know, really worked on my voice. I watched, you know, a bunch of YouTube videos and even hired like a vocal coach to help me work through some things. And then about what, five years ago um, Mm -hmm. is when I felt like, you know, I'm in a good place with my voice. I I'm ready to get back out there and I'm ready to release my very first single to the world. And so I did that. And there's been no stopping me ever since then. <laughs> awesome. I love I love a comeback story. Oh my god, but sorry hey, that you, come back to it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that. That is that is super crazy. Now I'm gonna piggyback on you off of you like when people talk when you're singing. Like I refuse yes. to perform in any place that has televisions or anything like that. And and I and I bow down to Nina Simone. For 
showing me the vision. <laughs> because she would yeah. actually tell people to sit down. She's about to perform. You need yeah. to sit down. You need to shut up. Because I'm going to, the people just don't understand what it takes to rehearse, to write the music, to do everything like that. And then you come in, you're performing, right. and people are talking, and you're like, what? No, I'm not doing this. I, you're, it's like, you're, if you want to talk, stay home. <laughs> stay home and get on the phone. Amen. <laughs> but don't now, come here with that. Exactly. Who wants that? Uh-uh. So I'm going to play your song, Fight. Tell us what that's about. Okay. Okay. So Fight is that first single I mentioned. Um, my very first release, and that song is about, you know, kind of my my battle and my fight to rebuilding my voice and, mm-hmm. and you know, getting back into the world and doing what I love. It is, it's, I, I won't say that it's a narrative on that because I don't specifically speak on that in the song, um, but it's inspired by that, and really the song is more about encouraging other people to fight for their dreams and the things that they want to do in this life, despite whatever obstacle comes your way. Because there's always going to be an obstacle right. when you're trying to do something great. And hopefully, you know, it's never anything as extreme as a, as a 12-year vocal loss, but uh-huh. sometimes it is that. And you have to decide for yourself how important your dream is. And I, I feel like a lot of people, when they are met with a little bit of adversity, they just say, you know what, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Let me find something else to do. And so this song is to say, no, no, no. Like, if it is in your heart to do it, if this is your purpose to do it, then a way will be made for you, but you have to keep at it. So keep fighting. Awesome. That's quiet. Yay.
come last and never end first. Time goes on, it seems to get worse. Mask ought to hurt for the smile of the smirk. Jimmy Jack calls on the guys, but he knows. Seek the most high to deal with these lows. Can't get a hold of my mind, take control. I climb from the bottom up to the pole. Despite one fight that was aimed at my life. Cars was dealt, I got a hand that I like. I was handed a light at the end of the tunnel. Used to cry me a river now. Only see a part of it. Life rock and roll, no more singing the blues. Turned up the claps and drowned out the booze. As long as I move, there's no way to lose. Haven't paid off my debt, but I paid off my have to give a shout out to my girl Brielle on that rap verse. She killed it, yo. She killed it. I love I love that verse. It's still my favorite rap verse. I could I could I could hear it in a in a movie. Do you do you think about uh sending her music to like the sync and licensing? Uh yes, actually um so fight I did license for an independent film. Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, and um, another one of my songs, uh, No Angels, actually mm-hmm. licensed for a daytime Emmy-nominated web series. So oh, I do cool. submit, yes, I do submit my music for licensing, um, and I, I've submitted, like, other stuff that's not necessarily something that I've released, but I find mm-hmm. that it is easier for me to just market and, and try to license the stuff that I've already created. Right. <laughs> oh, no, I completely get that. That's that's fantastic. That's phenomenal. So what is your writing process like? And and um, how do you deal with writer's block if you get it? Ooh, wait. Um, you know, writer's block, ugh, that is a beast. Um, mm. I, I will say when I first started writing again, um, <laughs> That that was a very big issue for me. Um, so even with fights, um, we went to the studio, and you know it was myself, my husband who produces all of my music, and Brielle. And we sat down, and you know they asked me, they was like, well, what what do you want to sing about? What do you want to write about? And we threw some ideas around, but none of them really stuck. Um, and it wasn't really until like I went home. Um, you know, that night and, and for the next couple of days and just really sat with my thoughts right. and, and kind of sat with this visual that kept playing out in my head. So there's a music video that is attached to this song. Okay. Um, and it sounds weird, but that's what I saw 
first before I even had lyrics to the song. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm just a very visual person. So I, I saw this video. I saw exactly what I was going to be wearing. I saw Brielle in it and, like, you know, in this alley just killing it, like, you know, spitting a verse. We don't know what the verse is, but we just know it's going to be dope. And I, I kind of sat with that for a little bit, and I said, okay, well, what are the words we're going to put with us? Uh, so I spent, spent a little bit of time in my car because um, I mm-hmm. typically tend to be the, the creative space for me when I'm writing. Right. Um, the car and the shower are, like, my go-tos when I, when I want to write something. And I spent some time in the car, and this, all, all these ideas came flooding to me and these lyrics. And so we got back into the studio I think I only had maybe like the first verse, which um, I know a lot of people write hooks before they write their verses because the hook is supposed to be the, the catchy part of the song, right? That's, okay. that's your like, that's your bread and butter right there. Um, but I typically write in sequence. Like I start with the first verse and then I say, okay, well, what is this hook going to sound like? Like how do we tie in the first verse with the second verse. And sometimes I'll write all the verses first and then a hook. Um, mm. So like, I kind of have like a weird like way of approaching writing. Uh, and when it comes to writer's block, um, like I said, initially when I started writing again, I was definitely battling with that. Mm, um, but nowadays things kind of, kind of come a little like easier for me. Um, and it's just um, really just finding, I guess, the time to write um, and, and also being able to, I guess, write but not focus so hard on it. Um, so, like, I think why things come to me better when I'm in the shower or when I'm in the car is because, you know, I'm, I'm doing, like, another task. So right. driving, I'm trying to make sure these crazy L.A. drivers ain't, ain't hitting my Hyundai. So I, um, you know, I'm defensively driving, but at the same time, you know, ideas are coming to me and I'm like, okay, well, let me turn on that voice memo um, and start recording. And so I'll, I'll start recording like whatever, you know, thoughts or melodies or just sometimes words um, that are coming to my head. I put them, you know, into that voice memo and then I'll take that and, and, you know, try to build a song off of that later. Wow. What do you love about being an artist? Oh my gosh. Um, there's, there's so many things that I love about being an artist. Um, expression, like self-expression is definitely one of those, the, like the, this, the top one for me. Yeah. Um, I love being able to express myself, not only through my music, but also the fashion that I decide to, you know, incorporate with whatever visual um, that I may be putting out, whether that is a video or I'm on the stage. Um, I, I love being able to express myself in so many different ways. And then there's also just the, the human connection piece right. that goes with that. I absolutely love getting on stage and, and singing these songs um, for people and just, seeing how they react 
to them, whether they, you know, they're bobbing their head or, you know, if you've been to enough of my shows and you're singing along, you know, with the songs. Um, I just love being able to connect with people um, while I'm on the stage and then when I get off the stage. Um, that's a really important part for me, too, is just making myself available after a show. Um, for anybody that wants to get things off of their chest, uh, whether they were inspired by something that I said or sang, um, or, you know, just my presence, was inspirational like I'll never ever forget um, a show that I did um, at at this place called Harvard and Stone in LA and this young black woman came up to me and she was just like I absolutely love what you're doing like Mm. you are inspiring a generation you are giving us black black girls and women um, Mm -hmm. like just a different face to music and giving us somebody to look up to in in this rock and alternative genre. Because I know when I was coming up, like we didn't we didn't really have that. Like you had you had Cece Dobson and like that was cool. Um, but we didn't really have people like people of color on the rock scene when, you know, all the, the Nirvanas and the Alanis Morissettes were out there doing their thing, which are, you know, artists that I absolutely love and who inspire what I do. But it would have been nice to see more black alt artists. So right. a part of my mission is to bring more light to the people of color and specifically black women who are doing alternative music who are going against the grain. Right, right. Which I, I... I completely love. There needs to be more of us in many of the different genres they don't think we're supposed to be in. Screw that. We're going to break all the boundaries. Yes, Uh, break all the boundaries. All the stereotypes, all of that. Like, I'm here for it all. I'm for it. I'm here for it. Now, I'm going to play your song, New Strange. Tell me what that's about. Okay, so New Strange, um, that's my latest release, um, and it was a song that I wrote last year, um, towards the end of the year, when I was just really feeling heavy and weighed down um, by this pandemic. Like, when we started, you know, this whole thing, and we went into lockdown, I was cool sitting at the house and, you know, eating to my little heart's content. And just being fine with that. But when, you know, the months went on and we we were in this still for longer than just a few weeks, um, and I was kind of realizing that, oh, okay, like I might not be able to perform, you know, publicly anymore or do music in in the capacity in which I would like to do it. Like I kind of started feeling like that, um, that period of time when I didn't have my voice and I couldn't sing. And so that really started to get to me, and I, I kind of fell into a little bit of a depression and mm-hmm. was starting to feel a little hopeless about our situation. I was like, well, what if we never return to a place where I can, you know, go and perform on stage and connect with people? What if that doesn't happen ever again? Or what if that doesn't happen until, like, God forbid, 2022 20, or 23? <laughs> um, so... I, you know, sitting again with my thoughts, as I typically do, and I just, I started writing these lyrics about, you know, how I was feeling, and I think this is probably one of my favorite songs, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, in my discography because it is a more vulnerable side to me. Like a lot of people don't get to see that. I tend to present like a very, you know, kind of hard exterior and, and really like if you don't know me, know me. <laughs> then you don't get to see the more emotional side of me. I'm very passionate about things and, and very like in tune with, you know, my emotions. And, you know, sometimes that, that results in tears. And I was doing a lot of crying during this time. And so I decided to write this song and cause I figured people could relate. We were all going through the, the same thing, you know, just varying degrees on like, when the heck is this going in? And am I going to be able to do X, Y, and Z? Um, so yeah, so that's what New Strange is about. Um, it it is a, a narrative on how it's feeling, but the hook is where we bring in more of a a positive side to how I was feeling. Because at the end of the day, like yes, this is a new strange, like we're we're on the edge of this like new age and a new way of doing things. Right. Um, but the the fact of the matter is like. I'm still fortunate enough to keep waking up every day. And so I had to keep like looking at that as like the bright spot um, until we could get out of this thing or at least get to a, a place where we can function a little bit better inside of this whole pandemic. Amen. All right. Let's play new strange. Woo-woo.
I love the electronic guitar on there. Oh my God, that was hot. <laughs> The whole song was hot, but I love that. Mm-mm. That was, that's, yes. that's that, that, mm. Shout that out was, to Jose for that guitar. Like, my band actually played live on this track, which is another reason why mm. I think this is one of my favorites. So this was the first time I was getting, like, my band in on, you know, the recording process. Um. So what is one thing you wish you had known about the music business before you got into it? Uh, oh, man, just one thing. <laughs> wow, you know, thing. I, there's, you know, there's there's a couple of things I wish I knew. Uh, one, I wish that I knew that this was a process. Mm-hmm. And it's not as glamorized as they try to make it in the movies where, you know, you just walk in in the mall and you get discovered at a right. very um, kind of diluted, <laughs> you know, vision of that. And, and, and just thinking that that's how things went. Like, oh, you know, somebody will just thing and they'll just whisk me away to Hollywood and whatever. No, that is not how it works. <laughs> like, you really have to put in the work. Um Secondly, I wish I knew that um, authenticity, (laughs) although it is valued by many, it is not necessarily valued by the gatekeepers. (laughs) And then then too, just knowing that there are gatekeepers in this industry, like, who would have (laughs) thought? So, yeah, those those are just some of the things that I, I wish I knew. But I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by um, a lot of other artists. Um, mm-hmm. My husband in particular is an artist, and you know, he was in a band for a long time, and I kind of got to watch them and how they maneuvered in the industry. And I took very detailed notes, mental notes, uh, about you know, just some of the things that were going on and, mm-hmm. and just some of the things that I knew I didn't want to have to deal with. Uh, when I finally made my my return to the industry, um, so I'm very fortunate in that regard. But I know not everybody gets to you know have that opportunity, right. and especially for like us women, it's just it's always hard in everything, <laughs> whether it's yeah. this industry or you know another industry. Like it's always so difficult for us, and I just don't understand why it has to be that way. Me neither. We're still fighting through. But one day, we shall overcome. Amen. Amen. We amen. shall. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And what is a quote or message that you like to use to push you throughout the day or throughout the month, the year, whatever? Mm, I like this one. I like this question. Uh, so I have a an affirmation that I every morning to myself I have a few that I I have written down that I like to say during my like time of just like meditating and kind of getting into my day um so but my favorite one is fear has no power here Mm -hmm. and I say that one because I have to remind myself that what I'm doing is new and it is different and it is going to be met with kind of puzzled faces and, and doors <laughs> slammed and, and all of that. Um, but I know that what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. 
And so I have to remind myself that, you know, I'm, I'm human. So, of course, there are times where I get scared and, and I do ask the question, like, why the heck am I even doing this? And, you know, <laughs> people aren't really paying attention the way that I want them to pay attention. And I just have to keep telling myself, you know what, yes, this is scary, um, mm. but this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing and your gifts will make room for you, which is like another affirmation and a thing that I say to myself every day as well is that my gifts will make room for me. I wasn't given, you know, this, this vision. I wasn't given this talent or these ideas just for them to never see the light of day. Um, and so I know that everything is working to make sure that I do get those things out there. And I have to go out into the world with these things as boldly as I know how to. So fear cannot have any state in, in, in my life. It really can't. Nope. It cannot. It cannot. It cannot. Fear is the one thing that tries to stop us from doing what we were meant to do, and we shall push through that forever. Because, yes. you know, you know, after a while, it's like, oh, my God. But this music business is expensive. It's time-consuming. It's 24 hours. Yes. Um, and you'll get people that love you. You'll get people that won't love you. That's, and you know what? That's okay. The people that are supposed it's to listen totally to okay. listen to your music, and the people that are not supposed to listen won't listen to it. They'll miss out. But you know what? Whatever's meant to be, supposed to be, will be. That's it. Yep. Will. Be. And you're going to continue to create great music. Um, I can Thank see you. you um, and the big halls and the biggest performances spaces because I think my God, you are amazing. You're completely amazing. Thank you so much. I, I just Thank love you. everything I've heard. I'm going to follow you forever. Um <laughs> you're ma- you're great. I mean you're fantastic. You're phenomenal. You know, I'm I'm surprised you. that you're not up there on the billboard charts already. I mean because you are extremely authentic and that's what people want. And so I think you know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's happening in the universe. Thank you so much. No, Thank you I so much for that. And I'm honored to know you so I can say, I got, I got myself a VIP backstage pass. Come and see you. <laughs> Look, I'm going to have to hook you up. I'm going to have to hook yeah. you up. You're going to have to hook me and up. And I'm trying to see you do your thing one of these days. Yes. Time. We're all trying to do our best out here in this world. It's been super cray-cray out there, you know. Um, it's just about keeping that momentum, you know, and staying focused yes. and organizing yourself and all of this stuff. But, you know, we're, we're both going to get it done, I think, in our future. But I want to thank you for oh, being yeah. on Chat Next. Um, it's truly been a well, thank, you and, thank you yes, for having me. Thank you for having me, I appreciate you. We are going to do the Instagram live, damn it, one of these days. We'll have to schedule. Yes. And my, my brain will be ready at that time. And um, <laughs> and we'll have a good I time on it. there. And you'll, you'll be able to do a little okay. performance, a little something, something for us. Um, and that will be phenomenal. Yes. So okay. I hope you. I would love it. Great, I hope you have a great weekend, a great rest of the week. And thank you so much for you being on well. Thank Thanks. you for having me. Enjoy your day, hon. You too. Bye. Now-
wonderful, amazing new alternative rock artist, Alicia Shari. Oh, my gosh, she's amazing. you got to follow her. Her Instagram is Alicia Shari. Her Facebook is the same. Her Twitter is the same. Her YouTube is the same. You've got to find her. She's so amazing. <laughs> I loved her music. Put her songs on your Spotify playlist. I'm going to do it online. Mm-hmm. You've got to find her. She's amazing. And if you didn't get all that, just Google her. That's what I tell people. Just Google. Until next time, chatting with me. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.